It's a pleasure, as always, to be back here in the Academy. But I've been warned that I must stick to the lunchtime lecture time, so I'll forge ahead. Despite being the smallest, the second smallest of Leitrim's parishes, in several respects, FINA has more claim to our attention than any other. No other parish in the county is divided between three baronies, Carrigallan, Mohill, and chiefly the barony of Leitrim. Modern baronies reflect, as a rule, early Irish tuatha, or petty kingdoms, and Fina's position on or near the boundaries of three such kingdoms would have contributed to its importance. No other place in the county is mentioned as often as Fina in the Irish annals. Consequently, the Onomasticum Goidelicum, the Academy's Dictionary of Irish Place Names, has more references to Fina than to anywhere else in the county. Fina is also given much space by Samuel Lewis in his Topographical Dictionary of Ireland, published in 1831. Lewis lavishes praise on the abbey founded by Colleen, which, following Mervyn Archdall, he claimed to have be become celebrated as a school of divinity resorted to by students from all over Europe. An extravagant claim. According to Bishop James McNamee, historian of the Diocese of Arda, for which he could find no support, nor could I. Lewis also refers to what he calls the Annals of Fina, possibly a reference to the book which was then still kept locally. And if it had no other claim to fame, the fact that it produced an early manuscript book that still survives, which was copied from an older book that no longer survives, would be enough to set Fina apart from other Leitrim parishes. The Book of Fina, kept here in the Royal Irish Academy since its purchase, not in 1901 for one pound from a certain Mrs. Eager, as is claimed by the Academy's catalogue of Irish manuscripts, but in 1888 for 10 pounds from the Diocese of Arda, following negotiations mediated by the Reverend Dennis Murphy and noted Jesuit scholar from Cork, as is explained by Bernadette Cunningham in Making the Book of Fina. A lecture by Murphy in 1886 on an ancient manuscript life of St. Colleen states that the book had then been loaned to him by the Bishop of Arda and had been subsequently purchased by the Academy. Following its purchase, it was in non-local hands for the first time in its then almost 400-year history. Its first owner, the man who commissioned the book, was Taig O'Rodi, core or successor of Kaleen at Fina, 
a man full of wisdom and knowledge and learning. So wrote the scribe, who after all was in the pay of, um, of Taig or Adi. A namesake of Taig's, who lived at a place earlier called Crossfield, now Arodi, in the parish of Fina, in the period about 1700, added numerous comments in the margins of the book, a practice that wouldn't be tolerated today, which he obviously then owned and often consulted, and last of the Orodis to own it by hereditary right was a parish priest of Kilronan in County Roscommon, a Father Brian or Bernard Rodahan or Roddy, who was described by the modern editors of the book, Hennessy and Kelly, as a man of sadly intemperate habits. He made a practice of sending out the book to parishioners for swearing upon, allegedly against payment designed to fund his intemperance. This may well be, but the practice was in keeping with a long tradition in Gaelic Ireland, where books associated with saints were considered to be sacred <coughs> relics suitable for swearing upon. After Rodahan's death, sometime after 13, 1836, when an ordnance survey letter kept here in the academy described him as an old priest. The book passed to his successor, a father James Fitzgerald, who used to keep it in a drawer along with his clothes. Fitzgerald was later transferred to Gartletera Parish, where he earned undying fame through the standoff between him and the notorious, later to be assassinated, Lord Leitrim, who sought rent for the use of Gartletera Church and was refused. On Fitzgerald's death in 1861, the book passed into the custody of his successor, Richard Slevin, who died at the young age of 50 in 1874, and by 1875, when the book was published, it was already in the possession of Bishop George Conroy. Perhaps the most prominent of all 19th century bishops of Arda, Bishop Conroy died in Canada in 1877 at the early age of 46, while apostolic delegate to that country. But among his many publications was an account of a visit he made to Aaron Moore of St. Enda, as he called it, whose contents show that he had a very lively interest in places sanctified by the saints. Although aware of the whereabouts of the original book, the editors of the 1875 edition worked from a transcript made in 1828 by John O'Donovan, then a mere 22 years of age. The transcript is also now here in the Academy Library and on display in one of the display cases over here. The book itself, elegantly written in double columns, 
with occasional red colouring about initial letters and some finely drawn capitals, including the Sea of Kyleen that you can see on the screen, is to my knowledge the only Leitrim book to have survived from the period before 1600, and its contents provide Fina with the further distinction of being one of three churches only from within the Diocese of Arda to have produced a life of its patron. The other two are Kilronan, the only Roscommon parish in the diocese, whose patron Lossid was made the subject of a life by the O'Dignan family, and Clonbrony in County Longford, whose patron Soffin was made the subject of a Latin life. Though not involved in the production of the Book of Fina, a branch of the learned family of O'Dignan had a residence in the parish at Castle Four on the boundary of the townlands of Kilmac, Sherwell and Gabro, and a copy of Geoffrey Keating's History of Ireland for a space made by Flaherio Dignoin or Flatterio Dignan, as Standish Hazel Grady humorously styled him, at Castle Four in 1638 is now in the British Library in London. One of the family, Kuhigrihe or Dignine, was among the analysts who compiled the annals of the four masters. And given the Odignan connection with both Kilronan and Fina, it is surely appropriate, if purely coincidental, that Lasser of Kilronan and Kailin of Fina also shared a feast day which, as most of you will know, falls on the 13th of November. Colleen's life survives in two recensions, one compiled in prose and verse in 1516 for the saint's successor at Fina, the one you have over here on display, the other adapted by the same scribe, Muiria Samuel Honore in 1535. Muiria's obituary describes him with just a little hyperbole as a ridge pole of history, a bower of poetry, a revealer of all knowledge and wisdom to the disciples. In other words, a fine teacher. His first copy of Kaline's book appears to have been influenced by increasing O'Rourke dominance in Leitrim, whereas the second probably owes its origins to O'Donnell expansion into Lower Connacht, which included Leitrim. Now, these points were made a few years ago by Bernadette Cunningham and Ray Gillespie, who have again returned to the subject in making the book of Fina. The book purports to be a life of St. Kyleen, but the term is quite inappropriate, since the text is rather a long list of the lands, privileges, and rights of sanctuary allegedly attached to Fina. The so-called life begins and ends with passages drawn word for word from the vernacular life of Barry of Termonbury following which a brief account is given of Kaleen's status as a pre-patrician saint, 
a privilege otherwise normally confined to South Munster saints, who lived so far in advance of Patrick's arrival that he allegedly awaited the event in Rome for no fewer than 200 years. Some of the Gowala, prehistoric invasions of Ireland, are then described. And these are followed by a listing of various kings, prehistoric, Christian, and future, all allegedly prophesied by Kylene. The saint's conversion of Aedov, ancestor of the O'Rourke's, is then set out at length, as is the tribute due to Fina from Ea's family. And most of the remainder of the book is taken up with accounts of Kylene's relationship with other important families. Finally, after all the privileges of the saint and his church had been recorded, Kylene's biographer brought him, together with Manachan of Manahan of Mohil, to far away Lemakoe Vogue, now Lee, in the parish of Two Mile Boris in County Tipperary, where he spent his final days. Lee's patron, Machoe Vogue, whose life makes no mention of Kylene, was held with Kylene to be one of the chief saints, or naive, of the Convacne. But why his church should have been chosen as an appropriate location for the Fina saint's death is unclear. It's certainly beyond me, but if anybody here has an opinion on it, I'd be very pleased to hear it. Present, we are told, at the saint's death was Manachan, or Manahan, of Mohil, or Mohil, who was appointed by Kailin to be his immediate successor, to be followed in turn by Krihfreach of Tlun, another Convacne saint, and quite opportunistically, a certain Rachtus son of Rodachan, who was no saint, but a remote ancestor of the Orodis at Fina, whose tenure of the succession to Kailin, in fact, goes back no further than the 14th century. On Kailin's instructions, his remains were first buried in Moche Vogue's graveyard in County Tipperary for 12 years before being later disinterred and placed in the graveyard of the Church of Fina. If the life tells us little or nothing of a credible nature about the saint, what can actually be said about him? Let's first look at his name, which, as the ending in shows, is a pet form, a pet form of the name Kaile. But Kaile itself is also a pet form. It's a pet form of the name Column. So despite the common belief that the name Column is a borrowed name in Irish from Latin Columba, meaning dove, it was in fact a native name and as such capable of generating an extraordinary number of pet forms, some of which you can see here on the screen. Along exactly the same lines as English Tommy from Thomas, Billy from William, Peggy or Maggie from Margaret, Molly from Mary, and so on, the name column 
becomes Kama, Kaime, Kaimin, Kolla, Quilla, Kaila, or Kailin, all of which served as familiar or pet forms of the name. So the first thing to be said about Kailin of Fina is that his real name, as it were, is Kolla. As in numerous other cases of saints' names that derive from the name Colum, the cult of Colum Killer of Iona, which spread to almost every corner of Ireland, probably underlies local devotion to Kaleen at Fina. I've set out the evidence for the identity of the two saints in my contribution to the Fina volume. But even if he did originate as a double of Columkille, such was the power of local patriotism that the people of Fina wouldn't have taken long to turn him into one of their own. With a separate and individual identity, his descent being traced to the Conwakne, the local ruling family whose name still survives in the traditional Irish form of the name of the parish of Clun, Cluin Conwakne. In its earliest surviving form, as found in the 12th century Book of Leinster, Kailin's pedigree reads, as you can see it on the screen, but the Book of Fina, which you can also see, provides a much longer version of the pedigree. But in both versions, the name given to the saint's grandfather is Duan, Duan son of Threl, and it was he who gave name to Canel Duan, a branch of the Convaikna that held lands in the East Galway baronies of Dunmore and Ballymore. We can assume, therefore, that the saint's place of birth was thought by those who composed or compiled his pedigree to have lain within this area. And this is backed up by another text, the late vernacular life compiled for St. Benaeum, a disciple of St. Patrick. The text contains an account of the foundation of Benaeum's church at Kilbenen, not far from Tuam in County Galway, and within the barony of Dunmore, and as such formerly part of the lands of the Canal Duan. We are told in the text that Kailin's father neither gave Benin the land he needed on which to build his church. In other words, the family is thought to have held lands in or around the church of Kilbenen. The text reads, as you can see it on the screen, and what is important about it is that it adds flesh to the bones of the pedigree created for Kailin. The saint is provided with a putative place of birth, in or about the parish of Kilbenen, and four brothers of his are named, two only of whom, Louis and Nisha, are otherwise attested. Informative as it may be, the passage in the life compiled for Benin cannot be considered in isolation. Among the ninth century additions to the Book of Armagh, is a passage which contains marked similarities. This describes how Benin, who is here said to have been a son of Kailin's niece, was given land by his mother's kin 
on which to build a church whose foundation Patrick marked out with his staff. Kylene isn't mentioned in the passage, but it would appear from its place in the 9th century text that Kylene's people were then thought to have lived well north of Dunmore in County Galway, towards the south of the present county of Leitrim, where it borders County Roscommon. In this area, Benane is also associated with a church. He is said to have been left by Patrick for 20 years in the abbacy at Drumlish in the Roscommon parish of Cloonecraft. From this, it would seem that the underlying story concerning the foundation of Benane's church on land donated by Kaleen's family was earlier linked to an area much closer to Fina, before it became later attached to the Kilbenon district in County Galway, which in the meantime had become the main focus of Benane's cult in Connacht. So much for Kaleen's paternal descent. What about his mother? The earliest record of her name in the tract on the mothers of the saints, preserved in the 12th century book of Leinster, reads, as you see it on the screen, Day, daughter of Dutuch, grandson of Lur, the mother of Kaleen, among many other saints. And acceptance of this tradition would provide Kaleen with a large number of uterine associates none of whom is featured in the life written for the Fina saint. A prominent absentee from the list of Day's children is Shanachan Turpeisht, a noted semi-mythical early Irish poet and one of the chief characters in a story known as the Finding of the Thine, the Cattle Raid of Cooley. In this text, Kaleen, who was first featured as an unnamed leper, turns out to be the poet's uterine brother. And the scholar, late scholar James Carney, has gone so far as to suggest that Shenachan was the author of what he called the original or the proto-cattle raid of Cooley. And the poet's importance is further underlined by his inclusion in the Academy's Dictionary of National Biography. Outside Fina, devotion to St. Kaleen cannot be said to have spread very widely. Its most important centres were within the ambit of Convacne settlements, especially in South Leitrim and Southwest Galway. In South Leitrim, Kaleen's church at Fina was located among the Convacne Rain, as they were known. In southwest Galway, the saint had a church and well on Chapel Island near Ballyconeely in the parish of Ballandoon and barony of Ballinahinch, formerly an integral part of the lands of Convacne Mara, who gave name to Connemara. Another well dedicated to the saint was located on Slyne Head in the townland of Kiran, Kiran Moor, in the same parish. And it is here that a large assembly of people 
gathered annually, as some people may still do, on Kylene's Patron Day of the 13th of November. Curiously, local people in West Galway came to believe that the saint was a son of the King of Leinster. A third Convacna dedication is to be found in or near the parish of Turlock in the barony of Cara, County Mayo, which was formerly in the territory of another branch of the Convacna. Elsewhere in Ireland, there is a small number of possible dedications to the saint, including two wells, one named for the saint at Rossinver in North Leitrim, the other a doubtful well called Tober Kailin in the townland of Rush, parish of Lusk, County Dublin, a little northeast of Swords, which would bring the saint once more into association perhaps with Cullum Killen, patron of Swords. And in Scotland, one church is named for the saint under the guise of Callan or Cullan at Rogert in Sutherland. The November date of Kaleen's feast meant that he found no place in any of the great compendia of saints acts. John Colgan's early 17th century Acta Sanctorum Hibernia ceased publication at the end of March, and few, if any, of the notes he had prepared for his fourth volume, which would have included Kaleen, have survived. A native of Donegal, Colgan might well have had access to local traditions since lost. John O'Hanlon's late 19th century Lives of the Irish Saints continued until the middle of October, and the Bolandist Acta Sanctorum, having reached the 10th of November, failed to go any further, three days short of Kylie. Had the Acta Sanctorum continued beyond that date, Kaline's dossier would have been subjected to the critical eye of the eminent Bolandist and expert on Irish hagiography, Paul Rojan. Apart from my own entry then on Kaline and a dictionary of Irish saints, only Bishop James McNamee, Arda's bishop and diocesan historian, has given Kaline the attention that is his due. However, if Kaline's entire dossier hasn't received that attention, the book containing his life has been made the subject of some important studies, first by Paul Welsh in 1941, more recently by Bernadette Cunningham and Raymond Gillespie in 2008 and 9, and more recently still by both these scholars and several others in making the book of Fina. Finally, if we are to believe Paul O'Brien, and perhaps we should be very slow to do so, the old book of Kailin, from which Midius Omwell Honora worked, may neither be the oldest nor the only book produced at Fina. In his Irish grammar, which you see here, published in 1809, the Manus Professor of Irish cited a grammar book entitled Reim Chnuasach Chalil, 
allegedly transcribed by a scribe man named Ruri o Radhi in 1416, various extracts from the grammar are attributed to Kalin. Now, O'Brien's use of 1416 as a date for the work possibly reflects the 1516 date of the Book of Fina. Also, the term Reim Chnuasach, literally the collection of inflected forms, and other technical terms attributed to Kalin are nowhere else attested. So grand as it may sound, the Reim Chnuasach Kalin is quite likely to have been little more than a figment of O'Brien's fertile imagination. But why he should have taught it up at all, I know not. So on that note, I finish. <laughs>